people can take everything away from you, but they can never take away your truth. But the question is, can you handle mine? Being a celebrity is exhausting sometimes. I think that I may be the voice of my generation. I say important shit. You say too much boring shit. Do you know what the last great year of pop music was? Well, I know what you're going to say. 2018. That's if, just not true, though. And we've just been climbing, climbing, trying to get back there ever since. First of all, a lot of people's peaks... And then subsequent dives. I'll just let you state your case. You're going to have to convince me. Hello, and welcome to another episode of We Might Be Overthinking This. But I'm your host, Aaliyah. And I'm your other host, Dara. The podcast where we dissect this week's headlines and give you our in-depth and unsolicited opinions. Welcome back, haters. Welcome back, haters. Um... Wow, we have been in a southern charm kind of spiral. We fully just forgot about Felicity. Yeah, well, you kind of stopped wanting to watch Felicity. I could feel your resistance to female storytelling. How dare you? How dare you? I, my, I'm just saying. A good day is when I feel like I'm in an episode of Felicity. That is a good day. Did you feel like that yesterday or no? I did. I did. I really felt like I was running around. I was 19, my hair curly in the wind. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, did you like the Super Bowl? I did. I mean, <laughs> the well, halftime the show. Halftime show <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like the halftime show a lot. I think um, Usher's not getting his flowers from what I'm seeing online. People are being critical. Really? Yeah, people I'm are complaining. the exact opposite. Okay, good. You are. Oh, my God. I was thinking, wow, this mission to, like, he is having a full-on renaissance. He is having a full-on renaissance. But I, I just was like... seeing a lot of criticism. Nothing major, but oh, just saying like that, like, they thought it was overproduced. What? Um, you know, I... Yesterday, we were having brunch, you know. Johanna voiced some concerns as well. She what said, did she say? She said that the um, there's some audio issues, which I didn't notice. Yeah, with Alicia Keys. Well, my. Oh my we'll get to Alicia in a, in a minute. God. But I thought that Usher's performance was great. It actually, you know, not to compare it to another performance, but it kind of made me have to stand in my truth. Yeah. But I didn't really like the Rihanna halftime performance, if I'm being honest. Oh, absolutely. That was more like in reverence to her. Yeah, which is honestly in the grand scheme of things also incredibly silly. Like, I love you, Rihanna, but the girl has like... She gave us nothing. Yeah. If it it weren't for the pregnancy reveal, she would have literally given us nothing. And honestly, it was like the second one, so we were like, okay, girl, already? Like, Like, I mean... But I thought Usher was incredible. I thought it was hit after yeah. hit after hit. Yeah. I thought he sounded incredible. He looked incredible. Mm-hmm. I thought the choreography was amazing. My only criticism is that like I'm not the biggest fan of the rollerblades, the roller skating. Like I, it's a it little looked, corny for me, but yeah, it's, it was corny. But it's cute. It was it's corny. cute. I thought it was fun for this role. I know that's like his like yeah. thing. Did you know that Lil John was the musical director for it? Wow. I know. So surprising. I liked seeing Little John. I liked seeing Ludacris. Um, Alicia looked amazing. She looked amazing. Sounded insane. Yes. Um, I mean. But, yeah, other than that, I thought it was a great Super Bowl halftime show. she had just flown in like that morning, you know, hadn't had her hot water in the lemon. I mean, she's it's pretty dry out been, there. It is. Now. It's Oh, Ve- Vegas desert. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. She's never been the greatest vocalist, though. No. No, she hasn't. She's more of a songwriter. Yeah. More of a composer. <laughs> um, a musician. A great pianist. I was disappointed Justin didn't come out. I know. Me too. Mm, you were. That's not what you were saying. What are you talking about? Okay. Were you saying that? These Don't like flip lies. sides now. I don't know what, where you're getting this from. I was so excited. You didn't even believe me that uh, the rumors were... 
true that he had been asked. I was excited about the possibility. You didn't believe anything that was going on surrounding <laughs> Justin. Okay. First of all. Don't misrepresent yourself now. Retract the gloss. <laughs> Back on up. I was excited about the possibility. No, I didn't know it was true because none of us knew if it was true. And it, people well, it was saying, true that Usher did ask him. Yes. But yes, Justin yeah. declined. Which, yes. you know, I was hoping that he would accept it, but I... Yeah. I really do feel like right now that Justin is not, not in, in a good place. place to perform. Yeah. I don't know that he's in the right shape, in the right <laughs> headspace. You know, I don't. Yeah, I think he's kind of taking a step I back from all that. I think he's still really tired. He's still re- right. He has been tired for a minute. Why yeah. is, is it because he was just like worked so brutally yeah. so early on in his career? Yeah. And then he's like, like the, an old man. Yes. Yes. He I mean, OK, to be fair, <laughs> I'm going to f- touch down, touch grass for a second. Please. <laughs> I know things are hard. Yeah. But he was also just incredibly famous and very rich i was about to make a metaphor as if he was like a 60 a 70 year old man who had just like worked in the like he acted like, like in the mines. yeah yeah he, i like, mean well he, that's how he looks he looks that's and how he acts, acts like he has just brutally worked for 40 years yeah and on one hand i want to like have sympathy for him because he did go through a lot yeah. but on the other hand i also want to be like you're incredibly privileged like grow up like stop acting like you were in some a war like you came back from war and you're tired but i think it's not just like the touring and all that it's like the scooter well i mean allegedly the drug of it all but the scooter brawn of it all yeah you know the hillside of it all the The hillside of it all he's been he has been through mental warfare between scooter brawn and the guys at hillsong with scooter i mean what I, I mean, know. we don't know. Yeah. Scooter killed that story. Yeah. All those artists trying to leave. We never heard a peep about like what really and happened. Scooter was th- there because he manages Usher. Right. Right. So awkward to say the least in the suites. Oh my gosh. In the C-suite, if you will. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway. But you know what I was thinking? Speaking of Justin. Do you think back in like 2004, Usher was looking at Justin Timberlake <laughs> and being like, you guys, what the fuck? I mean, probably. Like, I don't think this is a new theory. I don't think I'm like the first person. Like, people have certainly like pointed out the like. Comparisons. Comparisons and the privileges that Justin got to receive over Usher. Despite the fact that he like just totally rips off Usher everything. Yeah. And it's arguably now like that you can like have a little bit of like you can it's like for the most part played out. It's interesting now that like Usher is having a renaissance. Is having a renaissance at the top of his game and And Justin can't catch a break. He cannot he, he has cannot gone catch back a break. Every thing in the playbook. Every what well, SNL yep. didn't work. In sync get back together. Didn't, didn't work. work. Oh my god! Yeah. I even think when he was like Jimmy perfor- Fallon, didn't work. Didn't work. You know, and he was performing that show, and he said, "I apologize for nothing." Abs- That's even an old playbook. You know, lean into him being an uh, arrogant asshole. Yeah, yeah. That didn't work. That did we were not. We're all work. like, no, we were fully. No, that literally with you. made me because I was before I saw him. Uh, have before I saw the video where he was said that where he said, "I apologize." I'll play it right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was g- telling myself, "Grow up, Leo." Like. It's been to even though I just listened to the Britney Spears. Book. So you ready to acquiesce? No, I was. I was ready to just say if he ne- needs to have a little career in the later third of his life, let him have it. No, but then My I God. heard that. How and dare I you? Said, Never mind. Yeah. Put your foot back on his neck. He hasn't this learned man a thing. Has to go down. Yeah, he has to. He's yeah. done. He's done in this town. He's Don't done. show your face. He's done. Do you know what I realized with this whole thing where like Justin like just not being able to get a footing in his career is that I'm Justin Timberlake doesn't have stands. Yeah. That's what this showed me. Yeah. Is that he does not have this. Even like, Chris Brown has 
Right. I mean, that's w- who keeps him alive. Those crazy, crazy I mean, fans. yeah, they're, they're crazy. All right. But, like, I don't think that anyone, like, just loves it. I think at a time we did, but yeah. I don't think he nurtured his fan base. No. No. Which is weird because, like, NSYNC does. Like, I think people are still really passionate about NSYNC. Yeah. Like, you can see it on TikTok with, like, vi- like old footage. But, like... But not really so much with Justin. Yeah. I think between the Janet and the Britney of it all. Yeah. It's just like, I think people just look at him in a different light now. He just hasn't aged well. Well, I think because, you know what? He has, I know he would like to think he doesn't, but he shares the same Venn diagram, the Venn diagram of Britney um, fans and Justin fans is just one circle. And back then in, like, whatever time, I think there was enough to go around whatever time. (laughs) Back then. (laughs) Back then in the olden days. um, People were were less, um, you know, were less loyal. They put their fandom in in a lot of different things. And now, because of, yeah, the Britney of it all, People uh, feel more compelled to pick a side, and they so unequivocally picked Britney. Yeah. Did I just restate what you said, but like longer? Sorry. Um. No. You you broke it down. I you gave us down. a timeline. You put it in a little bit more context. Sure. A little bit more nuance, which yeah. I always appreciate. Yep. Yeah, and I think that. What do you think about how his music stands out? Oh, I think the music stands up great. Not as strong as you think, though. Grimey mm, River River will always hit. Justified hits, but I think if you listen to the album, I don't, do you think it plays all the way through? Because I was listening to Justified all the way through. No, probably not. I didn't play all. Yeah, the way through I was then. listening to. Is it Future? Sex Love Sounds. Yeah, what's the song with? I think that she knows on it. I love that song. Yeah, Future Sex. I love that song. No, no, no. I think she knows. That's insane, isn't it? No, that's definitely a Justin Timberlake song. Love Stoned is definitely a Justin Timberlake song. Love Stoned. But the music itself wasn't, it's not an album you can play all the way through. It's definitely pick and choose. You know? Future Sex Love Sound specifically? I think all his music, you know, I, I don't think that. he has an album that you can really play all the way through. You yeah. know, future. Okay, there's sexy back, which is interesting though because he. Okay, my love. Yeah. Okay, wait. No, I yeah, I don't know. Until the end of time with Beyonce. Okay, this album slaps. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh my god! Do not play the phone. Into <laughs> I did the... not mean to hit that, but I kind of want to look at the album that I was listening to that i was like actually this is not wait so he put out an album this year called oh no it comes out later everything i thought it was yes that's it and he has that okay that selfish song i've never listened to that it's okay the 2020 experience that album yes that was controversial it was yeah mixed reactions what's on here that's good um, I'm not crazy about this one. I think the biggest hit was Suit and Tie. I don't like Suit and Tie. Me either. I mean, Pusher, no. Shawberry, no. This was... No, this is not a good album. Yeah. So he really just had... Like, and that's the thing. He does this too. Like, he's got more movies than he does <laughs> albums. That's such a good point, yeah. Like, I, I think that's, you know, another big part of it. Yeah, For as totally long as he's been it. out, the catalog is not there. Yeah. And I don't think the fan base I has mean, stuck I think around. That's like a little bit of like, yeah, you're right. I think that was like a little bit of his tactic at first. It was like, oh, he goes away and then he comes back with this like masterpiece. Yeah, but except for he didn't. Yeah. And so. I mean, when he dropped Man in the Woods, people forgot about him so quickly. It was really like, oh, that album was bad. Not only do they forget about him, but they, I mean, they destroyed him. 
he got his name raked through the mud for that album alone yeah. like we hadn't even really been talking about britney yet no that was then. that was around janet that's when the janet stuff came back around okay but you know what it was i think like for so long he had co-opted black culture as his yeah. music yeah and i feel like people were already like Okay, we're gonna give like Justin like he's gonna get like grandfathered in like he yeah. won't have to answer any like appropriation claims like yeah. Ma- Miley and you know Ariana Grande had mm-hmm. to. I'm sure there's nothing sexist about that. <laughs> but then like Man in the Woods felt like a betrayal mm-hmm. of like giving him a pass for all the cultural appropriation. It's like yeah, well people said that. Yeah, like, it's now. like oh you're gonna go back to being white yeah. to like career pivot. Like yeah. no, like. That was like the biggest F you to them. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. That's a really interesting take. Mm. Mm, Speaking of white people. Speaking of. Who are your three favorite white people? Okay. So I asked Aaliyah this question a couple days ago. Who are your top three favorite white people? And she said she was going to give me the answer on the pod. I gave her my answer. And I actually, I've had some time to think. And I have thought about some other white people that I do like. But I still (laughs) stick with my top three. Your runner-ups. Yeah, but my top three are still the same. I, I, you know, I think I have a great list. And in no particular order, it's Jennifer Aniston. Right. Gloria Steinem. And (laughs) Chloe Sevenay. 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 Those are my top three, and I think that's a strong, strong roster. Yeah, I feel like you kind of co-opted Chloe from me. No, I didn't, Aaliyah. I knew about Chloe Sevigny when you were still shitting in your diaper. Like, don't even think about it. Yeah, I'm so happy this is being recorded. People can hear how you talk to me. Yeah, hear it. Hear it. Like, I co-opted from her, from (laughs) you, never. I discovered her you know flipping through magazines in the hair salon and i was like who is this crazy creepy because to me i was a kid i thought she was like kind of scary and then i grew up found out that she was actually this really talented actress and i've loved her ever since like you can have your own journey with her too god i checked out and checked back in and you were still going well i mean the idea that you own chloe seven yeah obviously she's very famous and not underground by any means we can both love her you can't just take the cheeky little bit gosh i can't (laughs) yeah and i never will focus like a true (laughs) you just don't get it (laughs) yeah Anyway, <laughs> um, my top three. Um, I picked three. Well, I say that because I wanted to put Chloe on my list too, and I actually mm, tried really hard to ch- think of somebody else. But you said her, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that feels." Does that feel right to that you? That feels right to me. Does that feel like home to you? Yeah, that feels like home. Okay, fine. We can have some like overlap, I guess. I love this little life. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to put Miley. Sorry. Okay, I like that. I was thinking about her as well. Yeah, because I know she's had her issues. She I has. I mean, even with the 23 era, you still want to do that? Um. Yeah. Okay, you think she's learned her lesson? Yeah. Has she sufficiently answered for it for you? It's not even about her learning her lesson. (laughs) I think it's, yeah, that she was sufficiently punished. Yeah, we got her pound of flesh. She had like five flop albums. It's honestly a wonder she survived that because, woof. Okay, but I'm just going to say Leonard Cohen. Oh my god, a man. I know. I was first I was gonna say no men entirely. Wait, is he alive? Uh no. And they have to be alive. Oh shoot, really? Mm-hmm. For this purpose. Damn. They it. have to be alive. Um, Fine, they can be dead. Whatever. No, 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 no. I kind of told myself like when I answered it that they were gonna be alive. Okay, okay, okay. Well, because like alive about- or dead, that's just like too many options. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Can I will give you an answer by the end of the episode? Okay. Because like if I'm talking dead, then I would replace some of my bitches too. But <laughs> alive, my I'll, bitches. I'll stand. probably think of somebody. Okay. 
by the end of the epi by the end of the epi so come back so stick around this yeah. entire episode <laughs> and you will hear wow look at this genius marketing. marketing yeah it's a wonder we're not number one on spotify <laughs> okay you know who's absolutely would never be anywhere near my top three though who tina freaking Fey. oh yeah I've never liked Tina Fey. I don't get it. I mean, I get that she serves, she does for white women, like, in a similar way to, like, what Hillary Clinton does. Yes. <laughs> but they got to move on. I mean, is that sexist of me? <laughs> I don't even on. know if it's like, white women. I think a lot of white men like Tina Fey, if I'm being completely honest. I mean, yeah. I think most of the fans of 30 Rock are gay men. Yes, you think? Ah, uh, from what I know, but I don't know if that's just the people I know in general. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, to be honest, do women like Tina Fey? I think yeah. men like Tina Fey. I think Tina Fey yes, scratches men. an itch for men. They do. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna say it, but yeah, I mean, why not I mean, just I, say I mean, it? Well, okay, I won't say the R-rated version, but yeah, I think they're like. Women are, it's so hard for women in comedy that, like, when they let one in, they always have to be attractive in a certain way. Like, yeah. You know, not too hot where they're not taken um, seriously, but, like, just hot enough. Like, well, the gag I for a while, think... sorry, one second. The okay. gag for a while <laughs> was that, like, Tina Fey isn't a conventionally attractive woman. Well, and I, that's crazy. If I could, please, my God, if we could put the co in co hosting. <laughs> Go for it. I can say, did you ever see that Amy Schumer skit with Tina Fey, Julie Louise Dreyfus, and like someone else when it was like the last day of being fuckable? Yes. I was gonna say <laughs> And like they get like pushed out into a canoe. Yeah. I feel That's like That's actually is hilarious. Like, yeah, like okay. I think the standard Amy for Schumer like, had a few. Yeah, she had like a couple of points. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what I feel like with female comedians. Yeah. It's like the standard is not like the traditional standard for like other actresses. Yeah, no. But there's definitely a fuckability factor that they have to like check. Assholes. Yeah. And it's such an inherently, you know, and all of Hollywood is sexist, but the way it, you know, morphs itself in the comedic world is particularly toxic yeah i feel like and has its own separate like ways of like navigating that terrain Mm -hmm. so like yeah like definitely like yeah it's run by a lot i think in comedy tina fey is like very conventionally attractive yeah i know it's like the kind of same way that like sarah silverman is totally 100 right yeah yeah and like the same way like chelsea handler is Uh, yes and like also they like kind of like have like a polar well yeah but i was gonna say like I mean, Sarah Silverman, like Chelsea Handler, have this like chip on their shoulder that like they're not like Heidi Klum, yes. but they're like, oh, I'm hot. Like when I go to like the comedy cellar, <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like it's also under this facade that like part of what makes them hot is like their mind, and like mm. that's not true mm-hmm. at all because like yeah. they're interacting with some of the like most sexist men who like do not care what they think or say and don't want to see them succeed over themselves yeah and just like why she bothers me a little bit is because like with that thing that she said on boning and um matt rogers podcast podcast last culture says where she told bone yang who's on snl and is gonna be in the new wicked movie yeah wickedly talented that he's too famous to be talking about these movies. To be giving um, his authentic opinion about Authentic movies. opinion. Yeah. Auth- authentic opinion. Thank you. I regret <laughs> to inform you that you are too famous now, Damn. sir. I know. I'm g- what's going to happen? <laughs> you have a problem with Saltburn? <laughs> I... Quiet luxury. 
Keep it to yourself because what are you going to do when Emerald Fennel calls you about her next project where you play Carrie Mulligan's co-worker in the bridal section of Herod's and then Act 3 takes a sexually violent turn and you have to pretend to be surprised by that turn. You hang out with Ariana and Spongebob. Now that is your life. Okay, and Matt Rogers, I can tell you, you got about one year left and then you, yes, learn from my mistakes, learn from IO. Podcasts are forever. Seconds. Authenticity is dangerous and expensive. I don't think so, honey. This is actually, that's what it wow, is. That is so that's real. an all-timer. And that, like, he's going to miss out on opportunities or roles because... Yeah, that part was like, yeah. That because Implying that, yeah, exactly, he would miss out on opportunities. Talking, giving his opinion on cultural events on his podcast right. with Matt Rogers. And he's like laughing the whole time. And he's like, I know, I know, I know. And then Matt Rogers, and then she goes, and Matt Rogers, you're a year away. You're one year you're away. One year you're away. one year like, away. Hang is in there, buddy. The shadiest thing to say to someone. She ate him up. She face. ate the, But she ate them up the whole podcast. She ate them up. But dear, you asked me if I thought that Matt Rogers realized that she was being shady. Yeah. He doesn't. Why? He says. He also goes, I know, I know. You don't think he was just eating it a little bit? I think he's also so full on himself of this potential to be famous that they both are like, there's like a balloon with potential. You don't think that? I think they're pretty realistic about where they are. No, I think there's a lot of people telling them you guys are like the future faces of Hollywood. Okay. Wow. I mean, when you're in SNL, you are really powerful in Hollywood. Yeah. Not all of them are going to go on to be su- to succeed, but like but it is the a door. Kingmaker. Yeah, it's a kingmaker, and the door to be sitting in those really su- um, powerful rooms is sim- somewhat open to you to maybe walk through. Like right. Um, you also can get pushed off to pasture really quickly too. I mean, Leslie Jones is supposed to be the next like coming, you know, at some point. Exactly. And now it's where the hell is she? Yeah, she left SNL and we really haven't seen her since. Yeah, and people are saying that Tina Fey, who is sitting there talking to them like on like, it, I I saw a horse, you know, like you saw a horse, <laughs> like she was on such a high horse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's that people are saying she's gonna take over for Lauren Michaels uh, when he retires from SNL. She's really powerful. Like she runs Thirty Rock. She yeah, she runs Thirty Rock. I thought that was it because it was like he's not even saying all that much, you know. He's not saying anything. Anything, and like you're sanitizing like any form of criticism. Yeah, yeah. To keep you and your friends Comfort- out of yeah. criticism. You're a comedian who's afraid of com- criticism. Aren't they all they like are. that? Like so, it's like. The most sensitive egos, like they don't want to hear any type of that. Criticism. Some random podcast can't just like talk about like that makes that's why like which that, is like all weekend update is right totally like, all weekend. And the update thing is, does. he's punching up. He's always punching up. Mm-hmm. So why can't he do that? He's not being a bully to anybody. And like honestly, he's been on SNL for years. Yeah. Like, Shout out to Bone Yang, but like, what you know, what movies has he been offered? I mean, I guess just this Wicked is like the biggest one. I know, but like the opportunities that have been given to like Pete Davidson, right. like you know, like she's saying it as if like NBC has like rolled out a red carpet for yeah. him, and they haven't. The it seems like a lot of what he like a lot of the attention he get has been on his own. Yeah. You know, yeah. through kind of being out there grinding, self-promoting, like all of that, like personality promoting. It's yeah. not really from SNL. Yeah. I don't think SNL is like giving him a wide range of opportunities the no. way they do other cast members for him to have to like hold his tongue yeah. on his podcast, right, which right. like, you know, probably generates him a, quite a bit of income. You yeah, know, it's gonna... like it's not like a little side project. And it's probably like the you're most... on it. <laughs> Exactly. And it's probably the most dependable thing that he has, actually. Well, because he has total control. Yeah. So he she's basically telling him, yeah, like you just said, treat it like a side project. 
not put your authentic what did she say authenticity is is dangerous and expensive and expensive because what's important to her is money and that she people the cream keeps and rising to the, top. to the top yeah she's like why would i give well, my opinion and by playing her role yeah playing her position staying in her lane mm-hmm. when he can be kicked off of snl <laughs> next season right and what's he gonna have to fall back on this podcast that's it yeah i definitely took it as a pretty wild thing to tell someone on their podcast yeah um but like the reaction online was like oh my god she's spilling tea well people were really like taking that authenticity is dangerous and expensive and they're like oh my god mother yeah like and it's just like, what? That's like a really gross thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not cool. Not to sound like totally pretentious, but like. But let's do it. <laughs> He's a comedian and arguably a comedian is a form of an artist. And like. Uh, very arguably. Ar- very arguably. Uh, yeah. And she's telling him to be inauthentic in his art. Yeah. In order to stay in his lane and to make more money. Like, she's so lame. She gives the example of Emerald Fennel. Like, I guess maybe he had a couple of notes for Saltburn, which, I mean, we all did. Who didn't? And, like, Tina kind of gives an example of, like, Emerald Fennel. Like, well, she's not going to call you because you're on Las Costaristas, like, (laughs) running your mouth about Saltburn. Like, Like, I'm sorry. Emerald Finnegan? Sorry. (laughs) Emerald Fennel. Sorry. Emerald Fennel. That's like, a crazy name. I love that name. I That's know, such a British name. Like, there's no cuckoo bananas over there. I'm sorry. No disrespect to her to that to that woman. None. I I, I saw both those movies. I enjoyed them. She's actually fantastic in The Crown. Mm-hmm. But those movies are like arguably successful. <laughs> they're cult. They're like in the culture. Yeah. You know, so like she should be so lucky that Bo and Yang would be in her movie. He's relevant. And he's definitely greater name recognition than than her. her. And he's talented. So like he is very talented. So like, again, the thought that he has to be placating to some of the lowest. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't think she's a low person in Hollywood. She's obviously. No, but I get what you're saying. You know, it's not like Steven Spielberg's calling him up. I took it as definitely kind of like stay in your lane. Yeah. Stay in your place. For I'm sorry. You made this point, actually. For a gay Asian man in Hollywood, she's telling him to stay in his place. Like, that you're literally here for show and decoration. And no one actually wants to give a fuck what you think. Did you think that we did? She's like, because they barely give a fuck what I think. Yeah. And she probably was like, listen, like, I had to eat so much shit to get where I am. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to eat it, too. Yeah. If you even want to get to where I, I mean, am. ironically, she was being authentic. <laughs> that is how she feels. Right. She wasn't putting on a bit. That you should go along to get along? Yeah. That's how she feels. She probably tells a lot of women that, too. Well, because at what part... Are you going to admit that what you're choosing to do for a living is enter into an establishment industry? Yeah. I mean, how how independently vocal can you be if you want to be like a part of the SNL machine? Right. Yeah, and Bone does want to be a part of the SNL machine because like, it's and that's really like what's kind of the gag is that like Bone isn't some like radical like thing. Yeah, he's not like out here like cutting throats yeah. like he gives like pretty like just like creative nuance yeah. critics that are, criticism that's usually like m- like given with a lot of heart and warmth yeah like I wouldn't even say that he's like a particularly critical person. On his podcast. I don't know. I think he's quite an admirer of pop culture in the Hollywood industry. He loves it. Yeah. He really appreciates it. Yeah. He has a lot of gratitude for Mm -hmm. being a part of it. And he's always like actually bumming people up. Yeah. So yeah, to really like say whatever like cheeky thing he said about whatever to really come down and say that that criticism is expensive and dangerous (laughs) is like kind of like, wow, like what are you even talking about? I mean, 
I'm not trying to call the man out his name, but like, look at Keenan Thompson, who is the head writer on SNL. And is his sitcom still going too? It might be, but he. But at least they gave him one too. Twenty years later, <laughs> he's the longest head writer on SNL. And like you were saying about Pete Davidson, he never got those opportunities. Right. Never. I think Keenan Thompson is less marketable than Bo and Yang and Pete Davidson. Though. Yeah, but like, why? Um, uh, I don't Black know. Black ha- uh, fat men ha- aren't marketable. Um, definitely didn't say that. <laughs> so, like, sorry, was yeah. that bad? Should I take that out? Yeah, I mean, if you no, I was like, I don't know. I thought it was crazy that he was even on SNL to begin with. I was like, I mean, the guy from Keenan Kells on SNL, you right. guys. He's been famous basically my entire life. He has, he has, and he's been doing sketch comedy his entire life. Yeah, I think it's quite incredible that he's the head writer of SNL. It is very incredible, but I think about what Tina Fey's telling Bo and Yang to do. You don't hear a lot from Keenan. Right. He's very quiet. Yeah. Maybe that's by his choice. Yeah. Maybe he wants to live a, a very private life and he doesn't want to be, you know, he's not interested in being famous. Um, Or he thought get along go along to get along. And look where he is. He, you know, He's, a t- he's talented, obviously. You think he's, like, quieter than, like, Michael Che and Colin Jost? Like, they're pretty, I mean. Well, look at Colin Jost. All the, my thing with Colin Jost, oh, my God, you got Don't me. Get you, started. you got me started on SNL. I have. I, you brought up Tina Fey. You, you guys would think I watch this show. I freaking don't watch and that she doesn't. Trash. I even, like, asked you it's to watch the trash. Jacob Lordy episode, and you wouldn't even watch that with me. I don't get Colin Jost's thing. His thing? He's not even the straight man. He is never... No, yeah, he's not the straight How man. is he ever funny? I don't get... Like... His thing is that he went to Harvard. Yeah. And that he's from Staten Island. Yeah. And that he's, like... White. Yeah. And, like, preppy. And preppy. And, like, I think his thing is that he's supposed to be really intellectually smart. Like, he understands the art of comedy right which is why he really only does the news yeah he doesn't do other sketches like right? he's maybe more of a writer but like yeah why does he get to be the, he's a face of snl yeah he is 100%. one of the top faces of snl yeah but like does colin jost make people laugh <laughs> he's never made me laugh no he doesn't even attempt does he to. i don't think he makes his scarlett johansson laugh he attempts to like, he, you know, not in like a Jerry Seinfeld. The only time he made me laugh was when he was on Seth Meyer talking about how he had taken shrooms on the red carpet. Yeah. And was like freaking out. But yeah. That's just because like anyone who takes shrooms and goes on the red carpet is going to make me giggle when yeah. they tell me the story about it. I just don't get why this thing is so powerful because it feels like the emperor is really not wearing any clothes, but. I digress. I digress. Could we watch this movie called American Fiction last night? And did you it like it? It was I loved it. Starring oh my god, sorry, what's Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Issa Rae's in it. Uh-huh. Tracy Alice Ross. Eric Alexander. Erica Alexandra. What's yes. is that her name? Yes, I think. Maxine so. from Living Single. Yeah. Yes. And Sterling K. Brown. He's so good in that. Oh my god, and he's so hot in it too. I know. Jesus Christ! At the end too, with his haircut. Yeah, I know. When oh he turned god. around, he had that haircut. I was like, Yeah, wow, so you hot. really said get you on who could do both because like he had like this like that seventies look he had. Yeah, I was like, like, Oh wait, was that not intentional? Was he supposed to be like going through it? No, I oh, I thought or it, it was, was just like new look. I thought it was just like new look. New like, look. He is. He's healing. Hilling. Hilling. Um, and I really like the, I'm bringing it up because I want to talk to you about, um, in the context of like, so American fiction is about um, Jeffrey Wright, who plays a writer, um, and he's kind of like a writer who's down on his luck, hasn't had a lot of success in a few years, and um, he has to go home back to Boston to take care of his mom and see his uh, his family 
all the while, so there's two plot, there's like two movies happening in this one. There's the one about him and his family. And then there's the plot about his writing where he's an author who, um, just can't catch a break. Just can't catch a break. And he says, he thinks of himself, he's a writer who happens to be black, not a black writer. Right. And he's really frustrated with the books by black authors that are having success, which he feels are trauma porn, stereotypes, Mm -hmm. put us into a box. We're many things. Yeah. Yeah. And so he decides one night and like a little bit of after having a few to write. Having a few pops. You know that dog that brings out the that dog like that. Um, to try his hand at writing his own basically black exploitation book, and lo and behold, it becomes incredibly successful. And he writes it under a pseudonym. He writes it under a pseudonym and like pretends to be this like ex felon just got out of prison like hood yeah. life. You know, yeah, thought up and. The movie works on such the look works really well on that surface level. Like you think you're getting a movie all about oh, all these white people want yeah. is just like these hood crime stories. Yeah, yeah. You think that's what the movie's gonna be about. Just mm-hmm. kind of race relations in America. Yeah. Okay, it might be kind of funny, but nothing I haven't heard before. Yeah, we're gonna make fun of white people for a couple hours. Um maybe see a dim- another dimension of one black character and it'll be nice yeah yeah but then you realize that the family story that is that is at first happening in the background starts to creep up to the foreground and that the movie is really about this fam- this black family and the things that are going on in their life and how they're growing up together. The plot about the book is really just this like Trojan horse to get to tell that story about a black family. That's why I like liked it so much because like, you know, you get to see like Jason Bateman make that kind of down on his luck dude goes home to see his his mom played by like. This is where I leave you. Yeah, literally, this is where I leave you, mm-hmm. which is a. Mid movie at best. Mm, Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Yeah, that movie's actually not even mid. No, I don't bad. like that movie. It's yeah, bad. I don't like that movie. But those kinds of movies get get made for white people all the time, and I feel like this writer wanted to make a movie <coughs> starring Jeffrey Wright about a black man's family, and he said they'll never make me let me make this movie, but if I add this like plot about this book and like white guilt then that'll get the liberals like on board and then mm-hmm. this movie will get kind made. of like poke fun at woke culture yeah a little yeah. get out hit on like all the get out stuff. yeah and then i can make this movie well it made me think of like what are some of your favorite movies um that are like stereotypically cl- like that are like categorized as like in the black movie section, but like are really just about people and there's, uh, and also like so yeah. much more. Yeah. I mean, this might get a lot of flack, Ooh. but honestly, <laughs> baby boy. Oh, speak on it. You won't speak on it. Though. I mean, baby boy is, you know, it has the setting mm. of Compton. Yeah. Um, crime snoop dogg is in it so it gives you all this like boys in the hood i mean cuba gooding jr's brother is in it so it really does harken back to boys in the hood which yeah is also another yeah, great film totally like it's l- lumped into this kind of black yeah. exploitation but in baby boy tyrese really just played it's a coming of age story yeah yes it's in the hood yeah. but it's a coming of age story there's uh-huh. a love story between him and taraji p 
uh, character. Yeah. There is, you know, the push and pull mm-hmm. of him trying to establish a business to take care of his family. There's yeah. a relationship with his mom. You know, his his mom is trying to fall in love too. Like mm-hmm. everyone's just trying to fall in love and take care of their family. Yeah. They're doing it in Compton, but that's all they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. it's just a really good movie. And I've seen it like hundreds of hundreds of times. Yeah. I think the acting is phenomenal. Tyrese is great in it. Yeah. And that's the, yeah, that was such a good one. That's a yeah. The first one that came to my mind. Guns and butter. <laughs> yeah, that movie was always on VH1, and you always watched it when it was yeah. on. Um, the first movie came to my mind when I thought of this question was uh, Brown Sugar. Oh, Brown Sugar is incredible. You know, okay, Brown Sugar is. That's a romantic comedy. Yeah, it's such a good and romantic. And it's one com- of the best romantic comedies ever. It is. It is criminally, criminally, criminally underrated. Sanaya Latham should have Reese Witherspoon's ca- Yeah, 100%. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what? And I mean, Tay Diggs should have like Jake Johnhall. Yeah. Like they are. They're dynamic in that movie. They are. Dynamic. stars upon stars yeah the chemistry is you've insane. never it's seen so chemistry. funny queen latifah most deaf like carrying it in the supporting love story as the best yeah, friend role i mean yeah. it's so good it Boris kojo's heart. in it nicole airy parker it oh has yeah heart. kojo yeah not kojo <laughs> yeah and like the soundtrack's incredible it's, it is it's yeah. n- like it's got actually, New York in the backdrop. New York, a beautiful, not cheesy love letter to New York. Yeah. And also, like... It's like the black when Harry met Sally. Kind of. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. It's the black when Harry met Sally. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh, my God, it is. Yeah. It's, oh, my God. Yeah, because they were, like... And Queen Latifah is like Carrie Fisher. Oh my like, god! Like it really is. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's such a good. Yeah, exactly. And then her and most Def get together. Yeah, no, most I know, I like, know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, like it's actually funny. Like I know Brown Sugar is obviously like a D'Angelo song, but like the movie didn't need to be called Brown Sugar. <laughs> Why? You don't like no brown sugar? I love, like, it actually is perfect in so many ways. Yeah. Because, like, you just feel warm when you think of yeah, that. Movie. I love that title, Brown Sugar. Yeah, you know, it could have been. What would you have rather called? I don't know. Also, probably one of the music best. Music and love. No, actually, but I was going to say, probably one of the best movies about the music industry, which is yes, so hard, which to, is hard get to do. Right. Yeah. And they pull off an ode to the music. And New York, some of the two of the biggest cliches and biggest tropes, and they pulled it off authentically and with so much heart, never cheesy. Yeah. That is really hard to do. <laughs> and that movie is so good. It's not my most favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's about to go in kind of like more of a Sanaya Latham, like, oh, like, love and basketball, another incredible, like, love yeah it doesn't like love and basketball you know that's I my watched jam. it recently you did it, and it holds but omar Epps is such a dick in that movie he's tortured <laughs> he has a lot okay fine. you know what no like it is good i'm just gonna put my blinders on he's, he's got, oh my perfect. god yeah but he's got such a dick yeah he is he loves her like why did he, he play so aggressively at the end <laughs> like why was he really trying to beat her i mean okay if like tay diggs and um sanaya latham have this like ke- romantic chemistry that's like like on one end of the spectrum her mm-hmm. and omar Etz had this like sexual chemistry well, you know they dated they did oh yeah for like three four years after they fell in love on that side oh my god yeah okay that's I mean, why their energy is like yeah that. their energy is like insane yeah they were together for years the way he looks at her sometimes i'm just oh, like that's Whoa, why yeah oh yeah okay they couldn't yeah. make it work though but yeah that just goes like smiley them should have such a different career she's so undervalued in hollywood it's insane so and i don't mean to say that as a knock to her career i think sometimes when we say it yeah but like i just feel like like 
with her talent, it's just like it. It's just I think, like she's had a. I hate saying that because it's like she's had a great career. Yeah, yeah. She's made some of my favorite movies. What Absolutely. more can you want? She's beautiful. But I just I I've always thought. No. You know, her and Gabrielle Union. Oh, my God. Oh. Gabrielle Union is cr- you know? it's criminal. Gabrielle Union, who is. And I'm only focusing on these women's looks because it's like, oh, well, Hollywood demands that of them. Right. So it's like some of these. But w- and they had the talent. And that's, what I'm ma- saying. that's like, but that's what also it is. Ta- right. Also talented. Right. You know, I'm not asking you to push Sarah Silverman down the queue. Right. I'm asking you to push Gabrielle Union and Smiley from some, two of the most beautiful women in the planet. And the most talented. And the most talented. Just like complete and utter leading ladies. Yeah. I mean, if it's so sad, but like if Gabrielle Union hadn't married Dwayne Wade, like where would she be? Where would she be right now? I'm sorry. She would have to make some really difficult choices. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) She would have to make some really difficult choices. About what? Like, you know, like, I think we'd be seeing her doing a lot of cringe things, but she doesn't have to do. Oh, that's what I mean. Yes. Yes. Like, thank God it's been able to like, you know, she's been able to like live (laughs) her life out with dignity as she should. (laughs) Absolutely. Still stunting on. And and Shania comes. Shania. Shania. Shania comes from family money. Yes, she does. Her dad actually is a powerful um, yeah. movie producer. Yeah, he's like he has an egot. So she's a nepo baby. Actually. Yeah, <laughs> not no, not nepo baby. Hollywood royalty. Hollywood royalty. There's yes, a difference. There is. A difference. Maybe we'll explain to the haters another time. Okay. There's yeah. there's Hollywood royalty and then there's nepo babies. Yeah, such a different thing. Such a different thing. Such a different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one holds its head with dignity, obviously, <laughs> and the other is like Kaya Gerber. <laughs> Kaya Gerber is... She's not Hollywood royalty. Don't even say that she is. She's not modeling royalty? No. God, did bottoms mean nothing to you? No, and you really let it like mean too much She's trying to, to work hard. She's trying to earn her stripes. <sighs> no. <laughs> Gosh. We've got bigger fish to fry. You know what it is to me? It's just that like... Cindy Crawford is so. I know what it is. Yeah, stunning. You know what it is? It's because Kaya is smaller than her. That don't you not too. like that? I don't. Like I don't it. like it either because it's like um, it's like baby Cindy Crawford. I don't. It's like something about her being, but like yeah. she is tall though. But, but she's she has, smaller. Sydney Crawford is a woman. Yeah. And in the 90s, she was a woman at that age. The age that she's at, that she was at, with, that Kaya Gerber is currently at. Yeah. She just looked like, that girl looks, yeah, like a little preteen. Yeah. And it's like, the fact that she looks like her, like she does genuinely look she, like her, obviously. Yeah, yeah. The fact that she looks like her. And the older she gets, the more she looks like her. Yeah, definitely. But it is just not quite her to me. There's something that, like I'm always disappointed when I look at her. And Cindy Crawford really was, <laughs> you know, a girl from Middle America. Yeah, she was so endearing. Who like got discovered at the mall. Yeah, you know. And I loved that, like she had that like business brain so early on, and like yeah. really unabashedly and with no shame took those commercial jobs because like she knew that this was going to end at some point and that like she needed to stack her coin and when the other girls were going on to do like more artistic stuff and she was like i'm gonna go like be in this commercial but she had made it work for her so well and was never like cheesy yeah she's iconic she's iconic she's like we love she's an icon and you're just a derivative yeah, but I like Kaya. Kaya has Kaya has grown on me. I have to say it. I totally, I totally get what you're saying. I'm just saying for me, she really did bother me too, and I get it. I know. I just said she was like I too small, to- but <laughs> I will have to say I think that in like, a world where I have to deal with Kendall Jenner, I don't. I you can't ask me to also deal with Kaya Gerber. You know what? I don't think that Kendall. You know, these are two things that I literally have known nothing about. I have the strongest opinions on SNL and models. But Kaya seems like a nice girl. 
You just like her in bottom. I do. I do. And you think she's But that that's girl. literally the point of art. It's like you give me a reason to like <sighs> yes. you. You entertained me. Yes, that is. You that's did why something she did that. That's movie. why you did it. And it worked. I'm going to stand on my, my truth. Is she so awesome, Butler? Yeah, I was actually. I mean, she really isn't making us do too much. Kaya isn't forcing us to like. I feel like, you know, Sophia Richie's annoying us more than <laughs> Kaya Gerber. I feel like Sophia Kaya Gerber's like, so no, annoying. I'm just like, going to be over here. Like, if you want to see me in something, like, you can. If you don't, like, it's okay. Do you feel like she's like, you're being forced to like really, really not as like much consume as, Kaya Not Gerber? as much anymore. Yeah. Because I don't there think There was the Pete Davidson phase. That, of course, when she was very thirsty. That was annoying. That was But annoying. now I feel like she's kind of I felt like, at the beginning they were really like, no, you guys, you're gonna take her. And I feel like it's less thirsty now. Because I don't think, because I think they, they actually thought she would, she didn't catch on the way I think they thought she would. Yeah, what did they think they was gonna happen? Was like gonna the way Gigi, Gigi and Bella she, they thought yeah. she was gonna push no 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 they thought she was gonna push Gigi and Bella out wow and Gigi and Bella said babe you think they wanted to push the hoodie girls out yeah. with her why do you think that because at, at at the end of the day there is the there really is only so much room and at the end of the day it's from like what they were saying in the Apple TV doc about mm-hmm. the supermodels right they what? don't the fashion industry is so inherently sexist yeah. that they don't like the models to have that much power yeah so they try and cut their range short yeah that's why Heidi took control like that uh-huh. that's why Sydney, that's yeah like that's why the smart ones that right. have like long names that even was, Tyra yeah like that they all know that these men will put them out to pasture yeah and so yeah sorry that is actually the real reason why why cindy was did what the decision she did you just yeah i thought no i thought you i I thought yeah yeah no you you made that point um yeah so you think that the industry wanted to be like to the hoodie girls like tick 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 like these girls are like kind of clipping at your heels 100 percent. which is crazy because like Gigi is like 28 years old yeah <laughs> yeah you know they're like 28 and 26 yeah and they were pushing out kaya on their heels this was even a few years ago so they were oh uh, cara delvin you mean oh wait what'd you say wait i thought you were saying that the Ky- they were trying to push oh they were Ky- trying to push the kaya. hadiths out yeah, yeah. With Kaya. Yes. But I'm saying yeah. they were doing that a few years ago, so Gigi was even younger than oh, 28, is yeah, just what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, like, yeah. She's 28 right. now. Mm-hmm. She was like 25, um, yeah. 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 Well, what What are you thinking about Kara? Oh, I mean, Kara has more of a, like, a, a more of a career with more twists and turns. Yeah. Not actually not interesting as she thinks that they are. Yeah. So I won't even go into it. Yeah. I was was honestly about to ask you, can we not? My brain is like starting to break even just thinking Um, about her career. But I think that Kaya had to settle uh, for something for a leveled out rank that she was actually not um, probably initially promised. Is she still with? I think that there's still more room to grow from her. I think it just might not. Yeah, if she, she really wants it, Butler. and it, if it really is a foot in the door, nothing more, <laughs> then you've got quite a platform. And if you really quite want it, then at door. the age of 23, there's a lot of work to do. If you, you know. No one ever says uh, that cutesy little saying that they have, how big the foot is, though. But I'm saying, like, to, like, your point, though, like, I do agree. Like, I do think that they thought she was going to be bigger, quicker. But it's, like, she certainly has a platform to, like, work and, like, become bigger. But, like, is it going to be bigger in modeling, bigger in acting? Uh I mean, she was just on the cover of British Vogue UK's issue with freaking Jane Fonda and Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) So she still has so much access and exposure. So like, yeah, if you really, if it really is just a foot in the door, (laughs) Uh then you should still be working towards being huge. But if it's just going to be this, then yeah, then you just are here because your mom's Cindy Crawford. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess let's see. Yeah, let's see. Do we have another movie we're going to do? I mean, make you dating know. austin butler though is the most relevant thing she's done have you answered my question on i still together 
Yes. I they have. are. Yes. Yes, they are. Then she needs to get on that dune red carpet. He probably says, no, thank you. I want it all for me. She didn't come to the after party, though. Yeah. I guess Tom and Kylie aren't there either. Tom's been coming to stuff. Tom's been coming to stuff? Tom's then Kaya coming. needs to be coming but, to stuff. Um, but Tom, it's different, though, for men. Right. Zendaya is incredibly sure of her power, and Tom Holland is never, ever, ever coming for any of her, like, limelight, like, in any world. I literally was scrolling pictures, and she, like, looks like a fucking goddess, mm-hmm. and then I scroll, and it's him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. I, but he seems very nice. I'm just, it seems like he <laughs> treats her well, so as long as she's happy, I'm happy. Yeah. But, you know, Timothy is not worried about Kylie Steele, even Kylie Jenner stealing his limelight. Because he, but you is, think Austin is worried about Kyra stealing? Yeah, oh, he's not even. He doesn't even have a whole foot in the door. He is ready for. He knows what it was like working. With well, I shows. think Jacob Elordi is getting the jump on him mm-hmm. because Jacob Elordi is actually charming. Yeah, and Austin Butler is not. Yeah, not at all. No. Yeah, Jacob Elordi got all that shine off a of salt burn. Hmm. Yeah. Like, he wants Kaya there. It definitely does something for his career, obviously. But he also doesn't want to be just known as being Kaya Gerber's boyfriend. And he's, yeah, he's on the press tour. He wants it to be about him. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's not. But I think that they are still together. That's question. <laughs> Thanks for listening to that episode of We Might Be Overthinking This. But I'm your host, Leah. I'm Dara. Rate, review, subscribe. Bye. We're filming next week. We're filming.